Welcome to the podcast, Just Saying. My name is Joe McCormick. I'm your host. If you're new to the podcast, I'm super happy that you're here. If you've been here before, happy to have you back. As you may know, I've written a book called Brief, Make a Bigger Impact by Saying Less. I'm the managing director and founder of the Brief Lab, where we help people become clear and concise communicators, something which is really valuable in today's society. Today, we're going to tackle the question, which is, has TED, this famous conference, jumped the shark? Now, you may be wondering, well, what does that phrase even mean? So you may know what it means, you may not, but the term jump the shark has become part of the common lexicon because of an episode of a famous sitcom in the 70s and 80s, I don't know if it's in the 80s, but certainly the 70s, called Happy Days. And if you recall the show, if you know, there was a character called Arthur Fonzarelli, the Fonz, and he was kind of a greaser, uh, leather jacket, super cool guy. When I was growing up, you couldn't be cooler than the Fonz. I mean, for as cheesy as it might sound today, he was just super cool. He was just the coolest guy. So if you watch the kind of reruns of uh, of Happy Days, you'll see Fonz in every episode, and the Fonz is just awesome. So what happened was the show went on for a number of years, and then, you know, as they say, it got to the point where we're looking for new material, and in an episode, the Fonz goes, he goes skiing, water skiing, and in the episode, he hits a jump, and he jumps over a shark, and apparently the... um, there was a comment made, which I don't know if it was made from one of the characters of the show when they were kind of looking, reading the, the script. He's like, he jumps the shark? Well, somebody coined the term. Um, it's just going past your relevance. It was like, you just went too far. The show was super popular. It went on for many years. And an episode where this cool guy puts on a ski belt and he gets on skis and he goes out and he jumps a shark was just, okay, it was just a bridge too far. Enough. This is ridiculous. So the term jumping the shark is, and this is according to Wikipedia, is the moment when something that was once popular that no longer warrants the attention it previously received makes an attempt at publicity, which only serves to highlight its irrelevance. So my question today is, has TED, TED TED.com, technology, entertainment, design, has that conference, has that forum for short videos, has that jumped the shark? That's the question we want to pose today. Okay, so this term, it's applicable to television, but it also is is applicable to entertainment or any fad that is relevant, but becomes kind of pushes its luck and becomes irrelevant. So it's it's pretty pejorative. It's kind of a negative saying. Um, And it's like for things that have become gimmicky, um, they're they're obsessed with themselves, uh, keeping the keeping the, the, the 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 love alive. Um, And this is certainly the case in Happy Days, why I coined the term. But why are we talking about this today? Well, I mean, I wrote a book called Brief. It's all around brevity. And TED has become really the platform for brevity. I can't tell you how many people have asked me, are you doing a TED Talk? Have you done a TED Talk? Like, that is the mark of distinction. And the answer is I've not. Um, For a number of reasons. But the the, the biggest reason is because it's not important to me. I, I talk to people 
every day. I know who my core audience is. And generating more notoriety and publicity is not something I'm interested in. So I've never really been interested in doing a TED Talk, and I probably never will. But the form itself is phenomenal. I mean, TED, if you look at the background of what TED is, I mean, it stands for Technology, Entertainment, and Design. So it was started in the, in the 80s, 90s. And as I know it, I worked in an agency at the time. A TED, the TED conference, it was an annual conference, was only by invitation. So it was a Silicon Valley thing where they would invite luminaries from both you know, the technology, certainly entertainment design, those industries together, and they would talk in closed quarters about the new trends, the new the, the, the trajectory of their industries, respectively, to their peers, really. So when, they, when the conference was started, they needed to create a format for the producers. It was an event. It was a, it was a, it was a speech where if you imagine you have a room full of a few hundred very important, very wealthy, influential market makers, influencers in a room. Well, you don't want to bore them to tears with PowerPoint and clicking slides and getting into irrelevant details. So the producers created a format and the format was amazing and it still is. 15 minutes or less, very few slides, tell us a story, stand on the middle of the stage, be relaxed. You're having a talk with your peers and they started creating this industry. Um, and it really took off. People were like, I can listen to, sit in the audience and listen to, you know, Pope Francis or Bill Clinton or Elon Musk or Brene Brown or, I mean, they've produced thousands of these TED Talks and they're phenomenal in their brevity. They're short. The promise is no more than 15 minutes. Okay, move on to the next speaker. And then they started capturing them in, on video. So that was amazing, too. So you started getting an archive of these talks, some of which went viral. Again, Simon Sinek talks about Start With Why, and Brene Brown talks about being empathetic and being authentic. I mean, there is a treasure trove of wisdom in these archives of TED.com. I mean, if you go on the site, if you haven't already, probably you have, it's amazing what you'll find. But the question is, has Ted jumped the shark? And my suspicion is it has. Why? Well, you think about it, it, it hit on this issue of brevity is valuable. People's time is important. If we make it shorter, if we prepare more, if we make it tighter, more relevant with good stories, fewer slides, that people would be interested and stay interested. And guess what? They were. Absolutely they were. If you go onto the site, you can go on that formula worked. Time after time, you're hearing people speak, some better, some worse, but they're all good because they're clear, they're concise. I mean, this is what I espouse. Be clear, concise, as people say, be brief, be gone, right? So you you see this in TED.com. It's, it's an amazing format. Well, what's the problem? Well, the formula works. Well, the problem with formulas is because they become formulaic. It's kind of like templates. If one template worked, we'll copy and paste, make it again, do it again. It spawned a cottage industry. Is it bad? No, it's not bad. It's, it spreads good wisdom, but it's becoming a little bit to the point of happy days where it's reaching the point where it's like hitting the jump and it's going to jump the shark. Now, when I think about this, 
why do I come to this conclusion that it's become possibly become noise? Because of the volume of of episodes and videos. If I go into like the the filters of find a, a TED video that's less than ten minutes. They're, they become animations. Now they're, they're people using animations. It's not people talking anymore. It's people talking and then people doing animations over them. So the short of the format, and they're just pumping this out. There's TEDx conferences everywhere. So every, I mean, I spend half my time between Chicago and Pinehurst. There's a TEDx conference in Southern Pines. They're in every community. People buy the rights. They put these shows on. It becomes a cottage industry. Right? So are they doing it for the value of brevity and clarity? Maybe. But are they doing it because it's a formula that works? Absolutely. Absolutely. So resist the tendency of following a formula because you, you might get to the point where like, all right, we, 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 might in the, we might be in the moment where we need what's next. So my, my question to Ted and I mean, I interviewed Chris Anderson when I wrote the book Brief. He's a super smart guy, amazingly successful. The platform is incredibly powerful. Not to diminish anything of what TED.com has done, it's amazing. The question is, has it jumped the shark? And my conclusion is it has. And we, we need to find something different. Yes, you know, um, we need it. We need brevity. We need wisdom. We need it in short packages, small packages. Ted's amazing, but will it ever have the discipline to say enough? Okay, we are now handing the microphone on to what's next. Um, what's next? What is next after Ted? Will it continue on forever? I remember thinking like years ago, and this is a tendency a lot of us have, which is it's kind of a temptation of continuous improvement. You got a formula, it works, make it better, and just do it forever. And this works, and this works for a while, but at some point you have to say stop. This happens with movies where you have like 17 sequels, right? You look at the Rocky movies, you're like, enough. Well, side note, if you watch Creed, Creed 1, Creed, amazing movies, but they gave themselves some time to kind of like, what are we trying to say? But sequels go on forever. It's like, oh, this is enough. Enough is enough. Has Ted got to that point? Probably. So what do you do? What do you do? I think maybe the time has come for a new, more concise format, even a more concise format than Ted. For as powerful and as for as amazing as it has been and its run that it has, which has been amazing for, for a few decades, maybe the time has come for a new concise format. Maybe we'll call it brief sessions. It does, it's BS, but it's not BS. Just saying.